Time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Now, are you also watching what is going on down in the States today? I know you like to read all about your American history as well. Yeah, I followed American history closely for a long time, lived in the States for a little while. And uh, yeah, I, this is fascinating, obviously historic. It is. Uh, but you know, a couple of observations. The first is that uh, it looks as if uh, at nine o'clock uh, our time, uh, the U.S. Constitution is going to work exactly as it's supposed to work. And this is amazing. This is one of the biggest tests that the, what, 250-year-old Constitution has faced in its long history. There have been stormy, other stormy and difficult moments in U.S. history, but this is an amazing one. And um, for all the challenges that Donald Trump and his supporters and his mob threw out there, the system worked. It's going to work the way it's supposed to work with a transition to a new president, new vice president, and a new government that's uh, going to take control at noon today or noon Washington time, nine o'clock our time. And it sounds like they're going to get right to work today too, reversing a lot of stuff from the last couple of years. Yeah, they need to get on with it. You know, the uh, thanks to Trump, the Democrats uh, took control of the Senate as well, so they've got control of uh, all three branches of the of the government: the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And you know, we know the American system. The next election for the House of Representatives is two, just two years away. I mean, people will start campaigning right away for it. And so they need to get on with it. And there's a lot of work to undo. There's a lot of stuff to to bring in. Uh, The one thing that I think is really good about the fact that the Democrats did take control of the Senate, thanks in part to Trump, is that... uh, you know, they they get to do what they want to do. They've got the power to get stuff through. But, of course, it also takes away the excuse of being able to blame stuff on the other side. Uh, you know, the Republicans are holding it up. Well, actually, they've got the votes that the Republicans can't hold it up. So I think I think it's all good. I think uh, we're, we're moving uh, quickly on transition. Um, one other thing I'd like mm-hmm. to say, Simi, there's the, our coverage and American coverage has been full of a lot of fearful stories about what Trump might do in his last few weeks in office, um, other than pardoning a whole bunch of miscreants. He doesn't seem to have done most of those things. Um, I, I really liked a piece written by uh, Peggy Noonan, who's the ah, former yes. uh, speechwriter for you know, years ago for Ronald Reagan, but she won the Pulitzer Prize for very, very critical coverage of Trump way back before he even got elected president. And she said, you know, there's a, the government is actually run in the United States, as it is in many places, by functionaries, people who actually do the work. The president can give orders and direction. But she said, you know, I think what's happened quietly in the country is that um, the people who actually run the government have gotten together and taken away the drunk's car keys. And Trump fulminated and fumed and threatened and screamed, and he did summon a mob to attack the the Capitol. So it wasn't like he didn't do anything. But I do think, uh, you know, he was quietly, when the memoirs come out, I think we'll see that he was quietly isolated by people like Mike Pence and the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the military leaders in the country. And they just made sure that he didn't do anything completely nuts 
and yeah. uh, and isolated them. But uh, sp- that's just me. <laughs> Speaking of the Reagans, though, did you watch that four-part documentary that came out last month, a month or two ago? Did not see it. No, oh, where should. was it? Aired? It was on Crave, so you could probably still find it. It's on. It's available um, on uh, demand because I saw it there. But anyway, I think you would enjoy it as well. Like it was a really good kind of a deep dive, four parts of Ronald Reagan and you know getting into politics and all of that. And I thought of you when I watched it. I thought, oh, you know what? I think Vaughn would enjoy this. Thank you for the recommendation. Yes, check that out. Okay, let's talk about vaccines here at home. Uh, not good news to hear that we're not even getting a Pfizer shipment as we're supposed to this week and. BC is already in trouble in terms of vaccine shortfalls. Yeah, I mean, on Monday, we were told that the shortfall would be 60,000 doses over four weeks. Uh, They had to revise that again yesterday and say, well, actually, we're not getting anything next week. So significant shortfall for BC. Um, I'm struck by uh, Adrian Dix saying that, you know, We're not going to criticize the federal government for any of these shortfalls, for any of these failings, even though Canada is now alone in being shortchanged on the on the Pfizer vaccine. The Europeans are getting their supplies. The Americans are getting theirs. They've got their own factory. The Europeans have intervened to get it. And, you know, you can see, Simi, why the B.C. government is uh, Justin Trudeau's favorite provincial government. No kidding. Even where... Trudeau has fallen down on things, and I think on the vaccine file he has fallen down. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, the BC New Democrats just won't criticize him now. On the pandemic, um, uh, the BC NDP has often cited Simi how bad things are going in Washington State with case counts and deaths and everything as you know seeking a favorable point of comparison this is why I keep border closed but it's also hey look how much better we're doing well here's a number you won't see them talking about the Washington State uh, dashboard on vaccinations went live last evening and for all the troubles down there They've already vaccinated almost 4% of the population in Washington State. In B.C., we haven't hit 2% yet, and we're not going to, I don't think, because of this shortfall in vaccines. So, you know, uh, one of the consequences of the Trump era has been, I think, that Canadian governments, provincial, federal, get let off the hook because... Canadians go, well, Jesus, at least we're doing better than they are in the States. And we are. So I I sort of hope we kind of turn the page on that, too, and start holding our own governments to account more for their shortfalls. Alberta is another good example. We often point to Alberta for how bad things are. But Mm -hmm. Alberta has already vaccinated everyone in long-term care. Dr. Henry got asked about that on Monday, and she kind of gave one of her rambling around about answers on it. But Look, we've done well in British Columbia, but other places have done well also. And looking at where our governments have fallen short, I think, is one of the things we I hope we'll be doing more now that the awful example of America under Donald Trump is passing away. 
unlamented and unmissed by most of us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, okay, so when it comes to this then, like even Washington State, as you pointed out, they're getting more shipments too, yeah. right? Like that's, that's remarkable to think. And they're getting it all from a United States plant. Yes. So the Americans have their own uh, Pfizer as a, as a factory in the United States that makes the vaccine. And Donald Trump back in December issued a, um, a presidential executive order saying that America gets priority. Canada is getting its supplies from Europe, and it's the European plant that is uh, retooling for about a month and reducing supplies. But the Europeans have intervened, uh, you know, and gotten there. So we're basically the ones on the out. Well, you know, I, uh, I would say that if Canada had chosen to source from the American plant, we'd probably be facing... Well, I don't know what we'd be facing. We didn't do it anyway. Or we could have tried to source from both plants. Um, there's been some quiet uh, criticism here that this is partly a function of Canada not having encouraged, supported, uh, provided incentives for investing in uh, vaccine production right. in Canada. There is there, We don't have it. You've heard different reasons why we don't have a huge market. Uh, some complaints from the drug sector that, well, the Canadian government's been pretty hostile to investment in pharmaceutical research because we like being able to buy the stuff in bulk at discounts and live off the pharmaceutical research of other countries. So, again, right. there's room there for criticism and questioning and challenging and Perhaps going forward, I know that national government has now invested in production, but obviously it hasn't happened yet. So going forward, uh, we can look at the um, some of the good advantages of mm. partnering up with Big Pharma. The, the people who hate Big Pharma have been a little quiet lately because <laughs> Big so Pharma true. has certainly so been true. able to deliver ahead of schedule on no. a vaccine. I, I'm, I'm still pleasantly surprised no that kidding. I've been hearing, you know, wait three or four years if ever. And, hey, the, the supplies are running, are arriving. Uh, the government and Dr. Henry are both saying, well, you know, um, Pfizer has promised to make up the shortfall starting in March, so it's only a temporary reduction. We'll see. It's still a reduction. It is still a reduction. Listen, Vaughn, thank you, uh, and enjoy your TV watching today. I will. Bye-bye, Okay, Jimmy. thanks, Vaughn.